I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. Pastor, what are you doing? I'm trying to purify myself. With hand sanitizer? (laughs) Well, it says it's Purell. But, Pastor, you've already been cleansed. I have? How? In your baptism. Oh, I guess I don't need the Purell anymore. Years ago, and in some Lutheran churches still, the rite of baptism included exorcism. The pastor commanded unclean spirits to depart from the candidate for baptism and make room for the Holy Spirit. Now, this kind of language sounds strange to postmodern ears. We're not used to talking about things like demon possession, uncleanness, and ritual purity. Many who come to the story of the Gerasene demoniac see it as an ancient misunderstanding of mental illness. And if we take this approach, we miss this story's relevance for our own time and place. Our views on what is clean and what is unclean largely depend on where we live. For example, when my college classmates and I were preparing to go out for job interviews, we were advised to be clean cuts. For the men, this meant short hair, shaven faces, and a suit. For the women, this meant natural hair color, basic makeup, and no piercings. It also meant using clean speech, no four-letter words. Now, it's not that it was bad to have purple hair or sinful to have a beard or evil to cuss when you stubbed your toe. However, you were more likely to alienate a potential employer if you came across as unclean. Now, in the ancient world, uncleanness was not only alienated you from other people. It also alienated you from God. Someone who was unclean was not welcome in God's presence until they were ritually purified. The man living among the tombs near the country of the Gerasenes was not just unclean. He was overrun with uncleanness, and no amount of Purell could help him. His condition was caused by the unclean spirit, Legion, whose name suggests a Roman military unit made up of 6,000 soldiers. He was endlessly estranged from God and from other people, a condition which caused him unending torment. He had been driven from his home to live in the graveyards like a wild animal. He was as good as dead to those who cared for him, yet he was more alive than the bones entombed around him. 
The unclean spirit was so intensely personal that he could not separate himself from it. Scars which covered his body, his shrieks throughout the day, and his screams in the dead of night suggest that he tried. He was captive to a malevolent force with no hope of escape. No hope of any other life than the one that he was living, if you could even call it a life. If anyone could understand this man's captivity, Jesus could. He was also possessed by a spirit. He had also been driven from his home. He could no more separate himself from this spirit than the man among the tombs could separate himself from legion. But the spirit which possessed Jesus was a benevolent spirit, a life-giving spirit, a cleansing spirit, God's holy spirit. The spirits within these two men would be put to the test on the shores of Galilee. The outcome would be unforgettable. Anyone could see that it wasn't a fair fight. Legion's sheer numbers, supernatural strength, and militant nature should have made short work of Jesus. But Legion cowered before him when Jesus commanded, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Legion pleaded with Jesus as a condemned person might plead for leniency in sentencing. Send us into the swine. And with Jesus' permission, the torturous presence abandoned the man and bound itself to the herd of pigs, three spirits, three unclean spirits to a pig. The poor beasts went mad with terror, and they stampeded down the hillside and into the sea to their deaths. When the townspeople came out to see what had happened, they found the man sitting at Jesus' feet, clothed and in his right mind. He was overrun with cleanness, and that disturbed them. For as powerful as Legion was, the spirit which possessed Jesus was more powerful still. Let's take a moment to let that sink in. The spirit that we receive through baptism into Christ's death, the Holy Spirit, is even more powerful than the great and terrible presence that tormented the man among the tombs. This means something for us today. Last week I was reading story after story of torment. Each story pointed to an epidemic of loneliness, despair, and estrangement. Suicide rates are on the rise. An increasing number of people are experiencing quarter and midlife crises, along with other mental health crises. And at the workshop I attended this past weekend, the presenter talked about how 
acts of violence against people identifying as LGBTQIA+ have increased exponentially, up to 400% in some cases, since 2017. Now, if these are not the fruits of demonic activity, I don't know what is. But I do know that we have been cleansed and reconciled to one another through Christ's cross. I also know that God's Holy Spirit has been given to us for the life of the world. A world tormented by the lies and the work of unclean spirits needs to encounter the good news of Jesus Christ in concrete and fleshy ways. We need to hear the promise of the gospel and experience the Holy Spirit's life-giving activity for ourselves. We need to hear that God has already saved us not because of who we could be if we try hard enough, but because of who we already are in Christ Jesus. The spirit that possessed Jesus is the spirit that continues to unite us with him. It's the spirit that drove out 6,000 unclean spirits just by showing up. This is the spirit that took possession of us in our baptism. This is the spirit that makes a holy community out of perpetually estranged people like us. All estrangement has been overcome in Christ through the Holy Spirit given in baptism. We are welcome in God's presence just as we are. We are privileged to welcome others into God's presence with the same hospitality that God has shown us. Throw out the Purell and take to the streets with your purple hair and your beards to live the four-letter word love in service of the gospel. The spirit of the four-letter word life will drive you to places that you could never imagine to meet people that you could never forget. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.